Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Hello, this is Josh Vern, your Royals insider for 610 Sports Radio in Kansas City. Thank you very much for checking out this episode of Vern on Baseball here on the 435 Podcast Network on the Radio.com app. On this episode, I speak via Zoom due to the coronavirus pandemic with Royals first baseman and 2014 draft pick Ryan O'Hearn. Ryan was at his Texas home that he's currently sharing with teammate and Royals reliever Kevin McCarthy, who will make a special guest appearance in today's podcast. Um, So as we all wait for the return of baseball, I thank you again for checking out this month's episode. And without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, Vern on Baseball with Ryan O'Hearn. First of all, just what does the game, what does baseball mean to you? It's a deep question. For one, now that all this is going on and we don't get to play it, I think we've all talked about how we realize how important it really is to us. In the middle of a 162-game season, it's easy to take it for granted you got game every game every day and you can get worn down and all that. But the off season's great until you get to a point where you're like, all right, I'm ready to go to spring training. That happened. And then I got to spring training and I think all of us were ready to just, we were ready to go, you know, get this thing started. And then for it to be cut off like this, it's, it just goes to show, you know, how important it really is. And I definitely feel like there's a void every day. You know, we talk about baseball, we think about it. It sucks right now. So, yeah, definitely extremely important. What would you say would be – now, whether it's as a professional or prior to that, but what was the best life lesson that the game has taught you that you've been able to incorporate uh, in your day-to-day conversations, your interactions with family and friends? I mean, probably just dealing with failure in, you know, all all aspects because – you know, I remember being in low A and, and being just coming up through all the levels. And it's kind of been interesting to see, like, how my reaction to, like, negative things has come along. And, uh, Mac, hey, McCarthy's playing Fortnite over here or something. Come on, Mac, zip it up. Sorry. Zip burn? Yeah. What's up, dude? Try to answer, like, What's up, homie? question. <laughs> I don't know. I think baseball has definitely taught me how to deal with failure. And, you know, that carries over into different areas in your life. I don't know how many people can imagine this, but can you describe the view standing in the batter's box at Kauffman Stadium? Yeah, that's it. Think about, like, so many lights going on around you, advertisements and people, and there's, like, so much going on around you. But for some reason, when you're in the batter's box, 
there's just like a very clear vision from like you to the pitcher to the batter side behind you and the fountains and all that. Like it's, it's just, it seems like there's so much going on, but then like, it's kind of like you're in your own like space with you and the pitcher, which is pretty cool. Uh, I feel like, I feel like I played in a lot of stadiums where I can get like in the box. I feel like there's so many distractions, but uh, for whatever reason, Kaufman, like when I get in the box and I like look at the pitcher, it just feels like it's, you can see really well. Like you're just like locked in, kind of like a little tunnel. Can, can you hear, do you hear anything when you're in the box? Yeah, I mean, I mean, between pitches, I don't want to be like, I like to, between pitches, I like to like, like take a breath. Like you can't be locked, like so locked in like the whole time. I think that's, for one, exhausting. And like, dude, Mac is killing me right now. We'll move somewhere else. Sorry about that. It's all good. So you say you you know you're not too dialed in, but between pitches, how many different messages are going through your head? No, I mean, well, I mean, I think it depends on how you're going at the time. Like, there's definitely been times where I've been up there and kind of like too many thoughts for sure. But I mean, ideally, you kind of look at the you know what the pitcher has, the percentages. You kind of figure out like what you're looking for and have a plan before you get up to, you know, in the box. So then when it happens, you know, maybe you remind yourself as the count changes, but uh, you know, when you're in the box and the pitch is coming, like I'm, I don't want to be thinking about really anything except for just looking for a certain pitch. What's the most confident you've ever felt in the box? This spring training. No doubt. No doubt. I felt good. I, I mean, I really feel like I figured some stuff out this off season. Going into last September, I think I turned a corner, uh, and then into spring training, like I was really feeling good, especially that last two weeks, last week, week and a half, I was I was feeling it. So, I mean, hopefully, whenever we get started, you know, I'll just pick up where I left off. So, what's the difference between professional confidence, like you had in spring training, compared to I'm hitting 500 in high school kind of confidence? Oh, yeah, that's a different. Completely different. I mean, I remember at bats in high school, it was, it was a joke. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's definitely a different kind of confidence. It, it's it's a joke in that they're not even challenging me. Yeah, no, for yeah. sure. I mean, I don't even I don't know how many walks I had, but it was definitely like it felt like I was in a three zero count always in high school. I remember that. What's the best swing you ever took? I have a few swings that stand out. I, my first home run as a big leaguer, uh, the Grand Slam in Houston. <clears throat> I mean, I think there's just a few that stand out at every, maybe every level. I remember like hitting a home run in the playoffs in high school, uh, hitting some home runs in, in college, like big hits. I don't know. I probably have four or five from the past, from the past two years. That I really, really stand out. Maybe that walk off. That was a good swing. What, what, I, would, I would like to know the farthest ball I've ever hit though. I would like to know that. You would think it would be in Arizona, right? Maybe, yeah. I mean, the ball flies there. All those, all those ones that you remember obviously are big moments. But mm-hmm. how would you describe to the average baseball fan what that perfect swing feels like? Yeah, I mean, sometimes it, it feels like an out-of-body experience. Like, I think that for me, the, my best swings, like the balls I've hit the farthest, are never like I feel like I'm swinging out of my shoes. Like I'm trying to hit it so hard. I feel like it just kind of magically happens. Like you, you know, you've heard people say if you hit the ball like so on the barrel so square, like feels like it, you didn't even hit it. And like it, I, I agree for sure. Mm-hmm. If you crush one like right on the barrel, it just didn't feel like anything. I, I watched a video of uh, you and Hunter doing an interview last year with Joel, 
and you were mentioning how you, you don't even realize sometimes that you're making like such a serious face while you're playing yeah. or how it might come across that you're mean or, 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 or nasty out there on the field. But along those lines, is the person I'm talking to right now the same guy that stands in the batter's box? Do you have to become someone different when the game starts? Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't try to do it. I just think it's natural whenever the game starts. Like, I just, I just get super locked in, and like, I don't know what face I'm making. I've heard people say I look super mad on TV, but I'm never mad. I'm just locked in. Uh, you know, I mean, so if you have, if I'm having a bad game or something, some sometimes I feel like it can be good to play like with a little chip on your shoulder, with a little edge. I think that's something that just comes naturally to me. I don't try to do it. I just. I just get locked in, and I guess that's where my face goes. <laughs> uh, no, it, it's funny personally as well because every interaction I've had with you, you've always been uh, a cool guy. Uh, I went to the John Mayer concert with my wife. Oh, yeah. And sh- she saw you on the concourse, and she nice. said she, she wanted to scream out – she's a big Royals fan. She wanted yeah. to scream out, bro, Hearn but she was uh, too nervous to do so. And I think that's because of that focused face that we often see during the games. <laughs> yeah, no, if she would have screamed my name, I would have come over and, and said, what's up? She does have one question that she wanted me to pose in this podcast, which is if you were an office character uh, from the television yeah. show, which character would you be? I don't know. There's, I don't know. I don't know anybody – Personally, I don't know anybody that really matches one of those characters. You know, <laughs> that's, a good thing. that's a good thing. Are you the Nard Dog? Are you Jim? No, I'm not an I'm not a Nard Dog. No, he's <laughs> that guy's way too much for me. I would say, who do you who do you think on the team would be a Nard Dog? I think I might say like Phillips. <laughs> no question. Uh, so you got to take the the Jim Helper then, because that's the I got a little Jim in me, I think, but I I don't know. I don't know if I'm full Jim. I may I maybe got a little Jim. Who um the guy the uh the big guy. Kevin. Kevin. I yeah. got might have a little Kevin in me just cuz <laughs> Kevin's great. I like Kevin. McCarthy was a little Kevin early on in our conversation. Dude, yeah, I'm sorry about that. <laughs> no, I I told him I told him 5 minutes before I got on. I'm like, "Hey, I'm about to go on with Vern. Can you just yeah. keep your Fortnite down?" Oh, he's like, "Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure." <laughs> Oh, that's classic. Um, all right, so so discussed the you know when you were the most confident. Uh, one of my favorite questions to ask current and former players because everybody has a story, except for like some of the new kids that are just making their debuts. They seem to be afraid to admit it. Um, hmm. But for you, when was the last time your confidence was shook? Yeah, I'm not afraid. No, I'm not afraid to admit it at all. I think for uh, the majority of 2018, my confidence was shook for sure. And I, I have no shame admitting that. It's part of life, man. It's part of being a, a human and, you know, dealing with high-pressure situations, and which largely I created. Like, But I think it's just part of lo- learning and growing as a, as a player. And I would get down on myself a lot. And that's something that I've had to overcome uh, as a player, and I think that's – got to continue to do that uh, to have the kind of career that I want because, you know, the, the mental aspect of baseball is I'm learning how important it is. It's far more important than I ever thought it was. 
if you, listen, if you can't admit that you're, you know, losing confidence when you're in a, a slump or something like that, then I don't know. I feel like that's to overcome in those issues. You got to be able to be like, yeah, I, you know, I was struggling. Confidence wise. You can't be in denial. For sure. For sure. Yeah. I, I wonder, would you almost prefer it that way where it was something of your own doing? Because when I brought this up to wit, it was when he was playing well and just could not get a call to the big leagues. And when he thought he was going to, he was immediately sent right back. Um, mm -hmm. Is it beneficial that the confidence was shook, but it was something that you yourself could change? Um, yes. I mean, anytime your confidence is shook, you got to find a way out of it, I think, with your own doing. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, but, yeah, I'm glad that, you know, I wish it wouldn't have taken me so long to kind of address it and, and get better at that you know, aspect of my game, the mental aspect. But, but like I said, I think it's, you know, when you're struggling, when your confidence is low, when you're kind of searching, like that's when you learn and that's when you become better. Um, I mean, think about how many guys that are successful every day, big leaguers right now went through a stretch where they had to, they hit a wall, they lost confidence, they went searching, you know what I mean? And they found out what, worked for them and then their career took off and then they you know did big things and they became main players on their team and that's that's what I feel like I have an opportunity to do and um feel like I spent 2019 uh, learning a lot about myself uh learning a lot about like what it takes to have success sustain success in the big leagues um because it's not like you make one move, which I learned. You're not, it's not like you, you get there, you do well, and then you're guaranteed to do well. Like you have to continue to get better as a player and learn and evolve. Because these pitchers are attacking the coaching staffs and all these scouts on the other teams and all these people are trying to um, expose your weaknesses as a player. And once they learn what they are, you got to adjust. You know, it took me a while to learn that. It's like life. I think everyone strives to get to a place where they go, okay, I've made it, and now I'm good. Where mm. baseball, it's – I mean, you know, I'm watching videos of Albert Pujols, who has his own ticket to the Hall of Fame whenever he calls it good, and yet every single year he's trying something new. He's, he's – mm never relenting because he knows that there's someone out there endlessly working to get him out. Exactly. These pitchers are getting better, you know, all this driveline stuff and all this, yeah. the pitching is as good as it's ever been. You know, you know that. So during 2018, does, does baseball feel more like a job than a game? You mean 2019? When, I was good in 18. <laughs> so what, when, when that's going on, does baseball feel more like a, a job than a game? Yeah. I mean, it, I mean, I still enjoyed the games. Uh, it just felt like a lot of weight, especially with your numbers up on the scoreboard. You know, it was no secret that I was playing like crap and I was got to the point where you're showing up, you know, trying not to get sent down. And anytime that's the case, that's on your mind. Like, it's just not a good situation. So, I mean, when they, when they sent me down to Omaha, it uh, definitely think I hel it helped me. I don't know. I like how the season ended. I know it was September, but I liked how it ended and I felt good. And I felt like uh, spring training went really well for me. And I don't know. I just feel like I'm in a good spot. Yeah. Sounds a lot. I mean, that's basically what Moose 
went through in Kansas City. That's why that, that 2014 postseason, when he would step up to the plate and it finally those numbers from his regular season, he had like 211. When mm-hmm. those went away and he was able yes. to reset in October, I think that's why his whole career took off after that was had some success and those numbers stopped staring at him in the face. Yeah, it just frees you up. You know, it's like some weight off your shoulders. And I'll say this, whenever whenever the season ended last year, the end of 2019, I was like, just like, thank God that's over. You know what I mean? Like, I, I'm glad I ended strong. And I was like, it's kind of like it was, you know, I figured some stuff out at the end, and it was like, all right, I'm ready to get ready and just get a fresh start, fresh year. Get back to baseball in a minute. Tell me about – Growing up, tell me about Frisco, Texas. Uh, what what did what did childhood look like for you? Uh, well, I was I grew up in I was born in Florida and then moved to Texas at age thirteen or fourteen, and uh, it was good. I mean, my my brother played baseball. Uh, my older brother, my little sister, she was a uh, you know in the sports played volleyball, and it was good. My mom worked as an elementary school guidance counselor for my whole life and, and dad had a, was traveling, you know, sales job, medical sales. I always played baseball, played football growing up when I was younger. And then when we moved to Texas, I just stuck straight to baseball. I mean, when I moved to Texas, it was, it was definitely different. One of your classes for the day is baseball. So like it was, it was, uh, it was a little and more Everybody's intense. taking a baseball class? No, like it was, if you're, if you were an athlete, your last period of the day, your fourth period or whatever, would be whatever sports you played. You know, it was like counted as your like PE mm-hmm. or your elective. Like baseball was intense here. It was, it was year round. Like we work out as a team, practice. Like you know, I had really good coaches, really good people around me, and I've always been blessed in that way to have coaches that really cared and knew what they were doing. And it was a good good place to grow up. Frisco, Texas is great, man. I love it here. I'll probably end up here for sure. This is where I come back to in the offseason. The football coach wasn't, you know, Friday yeah. night lights and all that. They weren't on your back. You know, they asked they asked me if I wanted to play. I was probably six foot, 150 pounds. <laughs> I was like, I'll come watch, I'll come see practice. So I went and watched practice. And, you know, these guys are wearing like tight shirts and they're all jacked and <laughs> beating the crap out of each other and kids are bleeding and, I remember leaving there and being like, I'm just going to play baseball. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A lot of my, a lot of my really good buddies, um, still some of my best friends are all, we're all on the football team. They always kind of gave me crap for not playing football. Looks like, uh, looks like you it worked out. Yeah. No doubt. Uh, what traits you mentioned your parents, what trait from each parent do you think, um, you've adopted that has helped you in your career? Mm, that's a good question. You know, my both of my parents are are really hard workers. They've always been like that, and uh, so I think they definitely that carried over to me. You know, my dad would hit me ground balls and throw BP and all that. You know, whenever I wanted, whenever he was home. But you know, as I grew up and got into high school and all that, it was they were never emailing the coach. It was my own thing, um, and I I'm, I'm grateful that they did that because I see that I see nowadays. Uh, you know, I, one of my real really good buddies is runs a high school facility and it's interesting or runs like a facility in the area and it's interesting to see you know all these how hands-on the parents are and my parents were never like that it was always you know they supported me but like it was I had to do it on my own 
and that's how I learned, you know, leaned a lot on coaches and mentors that I kind of picked up along the way. Do you, do you think if they were not in your business more, but you know, doing more than just what, what, what they did, would mm-hmm. that have taken some of the love away that you had for the game at that time? I think so for sure. It was never, my dad never forced me to like, go hit, go do this. You know, it was, I always wanted to do it. And it was like, he was always, he was there in case I wanted to do it. Then, oh yeah, let's go hit, let's go do this. But it was, I initiated everything. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that, I think that helped as far as like love of the game. Like it was, it was always fun. It was never, I enjoyed practicing. I enjoyed taking BP, ground balls, everything. Still now, I, I love getting up at 7.30 and going to the gym because just what I've always done, I was never told to do it. I just always wanted to. That to me is, again, I played poorly in high school and thought I was working really hard. And then, you know, you start covering the professionals and, and you see how hard you guys work in the off season, how hard you worked um, when you weren't in practice in, in college and in high school. How did it start? Because when I'm in high school, I loved baseball practice, but when that was over, I was going to hang out with the guys. I was never thinking about, hey, maybe I hone my craft a little bit more at this time. When did all of that start for you? Mm, I, I remember, I think the age that I really decided that, like I just like wasn't going to do whatever to try and play Major League Baseball, I think was, I was probably 10 years old, 10, 11. And I remember... It was around the time when we were living in Florida near Tampa and Josh Hamilton was rehabbing in Clearwater at Jack Russell Stadium, which is where the Phillies used to have spring training. At this time, it had been bought by like a baseball place called The Winning Inning, who ran teams out of there. And one of the guys who owned it, Roy Silver, who now works for the Rangers, worked with Josh Hamilton. So Josh Hamilton is living at this baseball facility he is taking out the trash. He is doing all these odd jobs around the facility, sleeping there, and he would hit in at night and with uh, Roy. So I would take lessons from Roy, and then after my lesson, I would sit around and, and watch Josh Hamilton hit. I I don't know. I just remember watching him and being like, "Oh, this is what I want to do." Like just being in awe of him. And so I tried to hit like him. And, you know, as I got older, I remember coaches telling me, like, hey, you know, maybe let's try something else. I don't think you need to be hitting like Josh Hamilton or trying to. So that probably – it started for me back then. And then when I got to – when I moved to Florida, the atmosphere just was all about it. It was all my friends were, you know, big-time athlete like athletes, and they they always wanted to – we always wanted to compete against each other and stuff. And the love of the game just kind of grew from there. It was always – you know, facilities – at the high school and everything was always available to me. Like I, it was, I got a credit, you know, my high school coach, coach Rose, he always made it like available to go, you know, if you want to get better, go get better. It was, and I loved it. So that's what I did. So when you're putting in all this extra work in your early teens and then into high school, could mm-hmm. you tell that your parents were impressed by you setting out chasing a dream? Uh, you think they took it serious at that time? I remember my mom always saying, like, like, at first it was, let's get, get him on the high school team. Like, just get him a jersey, like whatever. And then, um, 
I was on the team easy. And then I just remember my freshman year, I played really good. I, I think I played freshman team and I think I hit, I don't even know, something stupid, like four or something. And it was like, okay. Like, and then, uh, yeah, just as the years kind of went forward and the college thing became a real opportunity, you know, I, I always knew in the back of my mind I wanted to play in the big leagues, but I was never very like vocal about it because I feel like at the time it wasn't appropriate for me to be like saying stuff like that because it was so far away, but I always believed I could do it. And then, uh, you know, as we got older into junior year, junior going into senior year, then the college thing became real. And then, you know, as the years went up, I don't think my parents were ever surprised. You know, they were definitely impressed like they loved it but I don't know if they were ever surprised because they always saw me putting in the work was there a moment where their pride was bubbling over where I mean that's every son's dream right is to make mom and dad proud um Mm. one moment stand out for you uh when I got drafted yeah that was a big deal that was a big uh family thing um and then you know when I debuted my mom my mom is super she gets super emotional, you know, but my dad was pretty, is pretty uh, chill. He's pretty, always knew you could do it kind of guy. And he's. How key is that relationship then between you and uh, the old man? Oh, the most important relationship I have for sure. I call him, you know, my mom too, but uh, you know, I feel like I call my dad probably when it was, you know, during a, a tough stretch last year, I would, man, I called him every on the way home from every game for, I don't know, weeks straight every day, not on the road, but at home. And, you know, we text every day and about the game and all that. So that's, he's, he's my guy for sure. He's, and he, uh, he knows what to like to say. He's not right. like, a, it's never very like technical, you know, because I, he's not on that level. Like he understands obviously, but he, we're not going to talk about like anything super technical, but he's just always kind of there and support and lets me get whatever I need to get off my chest. And then just kind of gives me, you know, his two cents and it's great. And so, yeah, definitely. Um, my dad has been, you know, probably my most influential person, someone I can talk to the most. You, you mentioned that when you first decided you wanted to be a big leaguer, it wasn't something that you were going to voice because a, everyone wants to be a big leaguer. Um, and then, and then B, you, know, you never know what people are going to say when you open up and tell them your dream. So, so who was the first either friend or was it dad that, that you first um, were open about, hey, here's what I really want and I'm going to work to go get it? Definitely, yeah, my dad, for sure. I mean, I had told some, you know, high school teammates, like they knew that's what I wanted to do. But like you said, it's, that's, you can't just, it just is not – if you actually want that, like, you don't go around just like, yeah, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this. So, right. You know, there are things I want to do right now that I would never go out and tell, like, as far as in my career, but I would never want to like, – until it happened or it could actually happen, then I'm not going to talk about it. What is it that's now inside of you that when and if the next 0 for 12 pops up, uh, you're going to be just fine? Well, I think what's going to help me, you know, whenever – because, I mean, I'm everyone's going to struggle at some point. Right. It, it, what's going to help me next time is that I have, will have been through it. And I will, and I understand like the little things, like, for example, instead of last year, I had an emotional reaction to the shift, which is hilarious to say, but it's so true. Instead of seeing the shift and being like, okay, I'm going to, 
back off the plate. I'm going to really work on getting these bunts down the third baseline. I'm really going to try and get the ball in the air, like, which I did. I, I, two things. I went super mechanical with it, which I did have some mechanics that I needed to get figured out. And I definitely did. But I had an like a emotional reaction as far as like I would just get pissed and I would be like that's a hit you know what I mean like I I'm smoking that ball in the right field there's a guy standing in the middle of the right field fielding it and throwing me out like that should be a hit every every right-handed hitter ever that's a hit and I would just get mad and my reaction was to get mad and then just be like screw it I'm I'm gonna hit the, I'm gonna hit through it and you know I was putting up good velo off the bat but still didn't do me any good. So, I mean, that's just an example. Nowadays, like, if I got into some trouble with the shift or whatever, which guarantee it's going to happen because that's just part of the game, I'll just have a better reaction. I'll have a – take the emotion out of it and be able to, like, analyze what's going on, try and, you know, get a bunt down, get a couple bunt downs, bunts down, work on that. You know, think about, like, I wonder why I'm hitting into those pitches. What pitches am I rolling over the shift? Stay away from that. Stuff like that. Um, and I think that's just part of growing and understanding how to – contribute to the team and how to win and all that and me getting pissed and hitting the ball into the shift harder wasn't helping the team it wasn't helping me it wasn't doing anything so yeah again moose went through that exact same thing in his time in kansas city do you think that major league baseball should do away with the shift two infielders on each side of the bag second base it sounds good to me (laughs) i mean the game is really a right-handed hitter's game right now at least for singles. Singles don't really happen if you're left-handed. Think about it. I mean, there's no – there's no. if you're right-handed hitter, there's no guy in mid-left field throwing you out of first base. Like. Final thing for you. Um, you mentioned draft night, and, and that was a night that uh, the family got a lot of pride out of. Um, if mm-hmm. you could go back and give that, uh, give that young man some advice, <laughs> what would you tell him? You know, I would just – I think I would maybe prepare him you know, don't think everything's going to go like this. <laughs> it's a lot of, you know, ups and downs and a lot of um, learning and maybe just prepare them a little bit more for that. Yeah. And that's, and, you know, just have fun with it. Enjoy it. I, and I did, you know, I enjoyed my, you know, coming up to the minor leagues and I love playing baseball still. And, you know, I miss it like crazy right now, but I have enjoyed my ascent through the minor leagues for sure. What's the best city? Is it Idaho Falls, Wilmington, Lexington, Northwest, Omaha's out because Omaha's kind of a big city, or Northwest mm. Arkansas. Which one of those stand out? My, my personal favorite throughout the whole minor leagues was Arkansas, mm. no doubt. Yeah. I loved it there. Really? Yeah. I mean, that's, a, that's just a great, especially when you're that age, when I was 21, 22, 23. Right the streets. Yeah. yeah. University of Arkansas wasn't too far from home. I got to play against the Rough Riders in Frisco, which is where I grew up. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of good times in that league. I believe it. Uh, believe Ryan, it. really, really appreciate um, you hanging out for so long. Thank you very much, and um, hopefully see you at a ballpark sometime soon, man. But uh, until then, yeah. stay healthy, and thanks again for the time. Sounds good, Vern. Hopefully see you soon, man. All right, buddy. Appreciate it. Thank you. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. 
Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.